I have a bit of an introduction for the Word of God that is going to be, it's going to be shared today. Um, so, to, to, to let you know who's coming up, this is a man, so that's given, that's ruled 50% of us here, a man uh, that has never, uh, never spoken, oh, he's done a couple communion messages, but he's never spoken a message here at City Church before. His name means defender of man. Whoa. It's powerful. Um, he's, an inc- incredible, he's, he's an incredible intellectual. You ask, he goes to the difficult questions of Christianity. Um, he wouldn't be afraid to debate you, so watch out. Um, can we stand to our feet as we invite the man of God and the Word of God as Alexander, Alexander Coates comes to bring the Word. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. I don't know about you guys, but I'm still running a high from last week. How good was Imagine Day? It was so good. I think it's really encouraging that um, us as a community, as a church, can sort of get together and not only celebrate God, but celebrate generosity. And and uh, one thing that's always stuck in my mind is that the counter of greed is generosity. So if you ever want to get rid of greed in your life, you'd be generous. So it's really good to see that us as a church can sort of step out into that, which is which is cool. Um, I'm going to start by quickly opening up in prayer. Uh, so, dear God, we thank you that we're here this morning, Lord. We thank you that we can um, come and learn something new, Lord. Please challenge and inspire us, Lord. Use your words to, to convict us and um, hopefully get something new out of it, Lord. And I just pray that today um, your words would be spoken, not mine, um, that there would be less of me and more of you, Father. Amen. All right, so today I will be speaking on the topic of follow the signs. So we're going to be looking into this topic a little bit. So I thought I'd start off with um, helping us out with with what some signs actually are. So I've got a few slides up here. So look at this first one. This is a good sign. It it shows us where to go. It gives us some direction, some guidance. This is good. Next one tells us what we should be doing on the road. Gives us speed limits. Should be in the key word there. <laughs> um, so yeah, signs are really important for us. They, they give us this guidance and direction. You know, we need them in our lives. Um, sometimes they can be a bit confusing. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'd probably struggle here <laughs> sort of figuring out which direction I'm going and probably spend five minutes just trying to work it all out. This one I find really confusing. I wouldn't know what to do here. Honestly, if I came up to here, I'd be like, well, I can't turn left, I can't turn right, can't go back, can't go forward, so am I just parking my car and leaving it? So, don't know what to do there. Uh, and for this last one, oh my goodness, this is, I think by the time I stopped to try to figure out if I could park there or not, I'd probably already get a ticket for parking there in the wrong time, so... Look, signs can be good, but they can also be really confusing as well. And um, you may have noticed here there's a, there's a theme of some road signs here. So for most of you that know me, I'm a traffic engineer. So making traffic engineers out of all you guys here. Um, but yeah, there's some, just some examples. We're not going to talk on road signs today, of course. We're going to talk on signs from God. Um, and, and I'm sure many of us here have asked for a sign from God. So as we can see here on this next slide... There you go. You got your sign. <laughs> so we got a, a nice big billboard there letting us know that God's given us a sign. And um, on this next one here as well, I don't know if many people have been in this situation before, but we've asked God for a sign. God's given us a sign. And then we're like, oh, not quite sure. I don't really like that one. Maybe send another sign just to confirm it. I don't really like where this is sort of pulling me in, in the direction that we're going in. So, yeah, so today we're going to be looking at signs from God. 
Um, I just wanted to, to share a quick story as well. So this one is when I was a lot younger and um, I was visiting my grandparents who lived in um, Batemans Bay. So for us as a family to go and visit them was quite a long drive, a long trip. And um, to, to travel down there, obviously there was the three of us kids in the back seat. Um, not the, the most exciting experience when it's a two-hour trip and obviously you want your own space and you want, you want everything there but you can't because you, your brothers and sisters are annoying you. Um, and so for us, this trip was long and it was quite painful but as we sort of approached the very end, we had a, um, there was this bridge that we could see that, was, that would come into it and it'll come up in a second but sort of what would happen is as we'd come around the corner and over this hill, we'd see this bridge. And this is the bridge that you sort of go into Batemans Bay. And for us three kids, this bridge meant end of the journey. <laughs> this, this two hour trip was over. And, and so for us three kids, it was like this, this um, we sort of had this challenge of like trying to, who could see the bridge first? Um, and so I guess I was thinking about it. And like, to me, that was a sign that it was the end of our journey and we were there and we could get out of the car and have our own space again. But to everyone else, this is just a bridge that you drive from one side of the bridge to the other, uh, the river, sorry. Um, and so, I think signs can be very unique and individual as well. Like some will have meaning to us, some won't. So very customised, I guess, to us and, and who we are as, as individuals in this. Um, and so I sort of wanted to, to start getting into um, whether it's okay to ask God for a sign because that's quite important to, to start off with. Is it, is it even okay to do that? So first point I've got here is to ask for a sign or not. And so we're going to look at a few different verses here. Uh, the first one we've got is in Isaiah. So it says, Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. So it looks like we have the thumbs up there, because not only is this verse telling us this, but it's God telling us this. So the Lord speaking to Ahaz says, asking me for a sign. So I think we've all got the thumbs up here looks pretty good but if we look at this next verse in Matthew it says an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign so got a bit of a which one do we do now do we ask for a sign do we not ask for a sign because I don't know about you guys but I don't want to be an evil and adulterous generation <laughs> so in order to do this I think we'll have to bring a bit of context into each verse here and sort of figure out what the what the main points are here so if we look at this verse in Isaiah this is Old Testament, so this is when God is doing battle with other gods. So we've got God going up against Pharaoh's magicians, we've got him going up against the prophets of Baal with Elijah on Mount Carmel. So God's really, I guess, showing off his power um, that he can like, sort, of, sort of showcase to all of his people and, and people who are from neighbouring nations. So he's trying to set up and say, you know, I am the one true God, I have true power and I'm willing to show all my signs. So that's what we've got in Isaiah. In Matthew, what we have is we have um, the Pharisees. So this is actually Jesus speaking here. And we have the Pharisees approaching Jesus saying, give us a sign. We need to test you. We need to give you a sign. And what's worth noting here as well is Jesus is well into his career as the Messiah. So he's already performed many, many miracles. Um, so the Pharisees had this bit of, uh, we don't quite test you out here. We don't quite know what's going on. So... 
An equivalent of that actually would be something like me going up to Tash and saying, all right, you know, we've been dating for a while now, but I really want, like, I don't know if you're my girlfriend. You really need to prove to me that you're my girlfriend. So I, I don't think that would, that would go down the best, that conversation. So, yeah, so we've got to... We've got to make sure that it's we're not sort of doing it out of a testing sort of thing. Like we've got to make sure we, we know who God is and his power over our lives. Um, and actually, if you look in the ne- very next verse in Isaiah, so in verse 12, it really, it says that Ahaz doesn't want to, to seek a sign from God. He's like, I don't want to test God. So it's really about our heart and our attitude and where that comes from and making sure that we're not doing it out of doubt and we're not sort of like trying to figure out whether God is real or not or whether his authority is real or not. We need to claim it and proclaim it and then out of that we can, we can then ask God for a sign. Um, so the next one I wanted to go into was um, whether how God speaks to us because he can speak to us in many, many, many different ways. Um, and so the first thing I wanted to sort of ask you guys was with the birth of Jesus how many groups of people did he appear to this is feel free to yell it out so for the birth of Jesus who did he reveal it to how many groups shepherds yeah and the three wise men yeah do we know what sign was given to each of them star yeah Angels, yeah, very good. Well, let's jump into the wise men first. So, the wise men, or the magi as they're referred to, were actually, by their trade, uh, astrologians, or have you say that. They, they looked into the night sky, that was their trade, that was what they did, they, they read the night sky. It's so always looking into it. So it seems appropriate that God would give someone who looks into the sky a star to follow. Uh, if we look at the, the shepherds, what he gave them was a manger. Um, and a, a manger was actually a feeding trough for animals. And who's, who better to know what a feeding trough is going to be than shepherds? So as you can see here, God is very relatable. He knows who we are as people and as individuals, and he'll always give us signs that relate to us we're not going to really sort of try and struggle to figure out what that is. It'll make sense to us. And, um, yeah, I, I sort of wanted to quickly touch on this next verse as well, which is probably one of the strangest verses you would probably find in the Bible, and it's in Numbers 22. And it says, Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and it said to Balaam, What have I done to make you beat me these three times? Second part's not so important, but the first part is pretty crazy. A donkey spoke. Uh, I don't know how many times you're going to find that, um, just going out and about when you're at a farm and a donkey just speaking to you. But, um, yeah, it, it's sort of an interesting one here because it just goes to show. So there's, I'd encourage you all to go away and read Numbers 22 because it's, it's a good verse and I don't really have enough time to sort of give away a lot of the backstory today, but it really just goes to show that God will use everything at his disposal to, to bring to us um, and speak to us through all of this. Um, there really is um, everything at God's disposal. So we can see that he used a star, he used a manger, he used objects, he used his creation. So a star, he could use sunrise, he could use mountains, he could use anything. 
um, anything could be used as, as part of a sign for God or part of God's voice for us. So we need to be paying attention to everything, really. I mean, there's really no excuse to sort of be like, oh, well, God didn't speak to me when, when really he's got the whole of creation at his disposal to sort of get into um, there. Um, so that's sort of more the theory side of it. And I wanted to jump into some more practical side of things. How can we understand the voice of God? And I sort of wanted to approach this by looking at it almost as if we have three separate baskets, right? So if we ever get a sign or we ever hear a voice, it's going to fit into one of these three baskets. So the first basket is it's going to be the voice of the enemy, Satan. Second basket is going to be the voice of God. And the third basket is going to be our own voices because we each have freedom god has given us freedom to speak and we have our own free will um so we've got this thing where we have three different sort of things that we'll need to to test it against and figure out which basket it belongs into um so it's quite important that we we sort of figure out a way of knowing which basket to put it into because as we'll go into not everything that seems on first appearance will go into the right basket. We're going to have to delve a bit deeper and really sort of test it. Um, so in order to do that, I thought we'd start off with um, looking at the enemy or Satan. So I've, so I've titled this point, Beware the Enemy. And um, so this one we really need to be really careful, obviously. We need to, to be on guard against it. And if you look at some verses that we've got here, um, where we've got one John... For one, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Um, next one is, The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of display of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. So, there's a bit of a a challenge here for us. We've really got to make sure that we're testing it. Um, there's going to be a lot of, um, I guess, deception here and a lot of false um, words that may appear to be the voice of God spoken over us or that we're hearing. Um, so it's really the challenge is on us to, to be on guard and to be able to test it. Um, we really need to delve a bit deeper. We can't just take everything for face value. We can't just assume that because it sounds like it's coming from God, that it's going to be from God. We really need to be dig a bit deeper here. And, um, yeah, a good way of doing that is sort of figuring out what, what the, I guess, the qualities are of the enemy. So we can sort of figure out, you know, if, if we know who the enemy is and what he does, then that might help sort of filter into that basket. So I've got a few verses up next which are um, sort of describe who the enemy is, who Satan is. So if we look at John 10.10, 10, it says um, that he comes to steal and kill and destroy. In 1 Peter 5.8, he describes it as, he's being described as a roaring lion prowling around. Um, and then 2 Corinthians 11.3, we've got his deception and his cunningness. So... There's some pretty scary qualities there, um, or characteristics. 
Um, so generally, we could sort of figure it out pretty quick um, if this is from the enemy or not. We've got some really sort of strong qualities here of um, who the enemy is. And probably a good way of doing this as well is I like to call it like a five-second test. So you just ask yourself this very question at the start of it. You say, will this action, that this voice or this sign associated with it, will this action pull me or anyone else further away from God or closer to God? That's a really quick test that you can do because a lot of it you'll just be able to sort out straight away. Um, because a, a lot of it comes down to our motivations and desires as well. So say, for instance, if I'm doing something and my motivation is revenge or bitterness or malice or envy, then that's not going to be a good one. Say, for instance, um, my neighbor just bought a brand new car and then all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, oh, you know, God's really talking to me and he really wants me to buy a new car, <laughs> a flashy new car. You know, it's like, well, that's out of envy and that's not necessarily going to be the voice of God just because you've heard it and it may seem like it, um, you know, there, there's a really quick test to figure it out. We've got to make sure it's not out of those sort of um, bad um, motivations. Um, point I wanted to touch on as well was the power of the almost truth. Uh, this one's really good. Satan's really good at this one. And um, so if we look at here at 2 Corinthians 11:14, it says, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So this one's a really powerful one because what happens here is Satan sells what I like to call an almost truth. And that's, it's almost true up until a certain point and then he'll twist it at the last second and it's not a truth anymore, it's, it's now false, it's a lie. Um, so an example of that, say for instance, might be um, religions such as Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons who on the outward appearance have what seems to be truth. They worship Jesus, they have a Bible, they go to church. Um, there are all these things that seem like it's true there. There's this almost truth, but then a last second they've twisted it and they're not reading the same Bible as us anymore and they're not attending the same church as us anymore. They've sort of broken away. So we've got to be really careful here because the enemy knows what the truth is and he knows how to sell it so it's almost that. And so just because it has the first appearance of it, we've got to really test it. We can't just assume that it's truth there. All right, so that's the first bucket done. Hopefully we've got a good idea of how to sort of filter into that one. Let's move into God. So is this the voice of God? Um, so this one I want to spend a bit of time on. And I have sort of four questions that we can ask ourselves to determine if it's the voice of God. So, first question we have up here is, does this align with the Bible and character of Jesus? This is the first question you need to ask yourself. One thing that God makes really clear is that he will never contradict his own word. So, his Bible is true yesterday, today, and forever. It's, it's never going to change. He's not going to go against it. So an example of that might be, say, for instance, God told me I don't need to pay my taxes this year. Well, we all know that's false because Jesus says, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. So we're never going to get something that contradicts his own word. It's always going to align with it and it's going to be supported by it. So that's a really quick test. Does this align with the Bible? The same with the character of Jesus as well. We've got to look at who Jesus was as a person when he was on earth. 
just as we're looking at the characteristics of the enemy, we can look at the characteristics of Jesus. Who is Jesus? He was good, he was pure, kind, um, gave peace to everyone. So we've got to figure out if there are motivations as well. So th- this, this action that we're getting, this voice or this, this sign that we're seeing, does this motivate me out of this love and this peace and this joy? Um, so that's sort of a really quick test that we can do. We've got to ask that first question. Does this align with the Bible and the character of Jesus? Um, if we go into this second point here, um, it says, is this concern confirmed with my church family? So this one's a little good plug for Connect Groups, actually. Uh, just plugging it quietly. But it's really important for us as a congregation to be involved and sort of centred around the congregation as well. Um, God can often speak through people to you. So having it confirmed through other people is really important. So us as individuals really need to make sure that we're part of a healthy uh, group of other Christians, like-minded Christians, who can not only support and encourage us, but can challenge us um, and bring us accountability as well, give us a hard word that we need to hear. Uh, it says in Proverbs 11:14, there is safety in having many advisors. So we've really got to challenge ourselves to, to seek out advice from others and to test it against others. You know, bring, bring this whatever you're hearing to other people around you and let them confirm it. Is this a good idea? Does this sound like this is from God? Um, they'll be able to give you a lot of input and a lot of advice, a lot of guidance, a lot of direction there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really important that we are sort of seeking out that good godly counsel and wisdom with people around us. Um, if we go into this next point, this is the third question we're asking ourselves. It's, is this consistent with how God made me? This is a nice little plug for serve now. <laughs> um, and this point, this question here is all around the idea of God made each of us here as a unique and individual person with our own qualities, um, our own personalities, our own giftings, our own callings, our own talents. Like there's no two people the same in this planet. So God has designed you for a specific purpose in life. Um, And so this one might be, so when you're testing this question, when you're asking yourself this question, it's, is what this voice is telling me going to align with who I am as a person? So say, for instance, for me, if I started hearing a voice telling me, oh, you're going to worship lead this Sunday, I don't think that would... (laughs) And I don't think Jemima would agree either. <laughs> and that's fine. Like, you know, like we all have our each individual qualities and we're all calling into different things, but that's just not my calling. It's not to do that. And that's why I could sort of joke around a bit about it because um, each of us are going to be called to individual things. Whereas for me, I've, I've had, you know, God has instilled in me a joy of teaching since I was very young. Like that's something I've always enjoyed. And so he's sort of lined that up with me. Like there's always going to, God's voice is always going to align with who you are as a person, who you've been called into. So it's got to remain consistent with that as well, who you are as a person um, in that. All right. So these first three questions are receiving a voice from us. So if we're hearing it either in our head or from someone else or from Scripture, through prayer, you know, any of the ways that God can talk to us, 
This next question is how we sort of approach other people with a voice that we've heard from God. So we've got to ask ourselves this fourth question, which is, is this consistent with my responsibility over others? Um, And this one's really important because this one deals with the issue, and I'm not sure if anyone here has personally dealt with, but sometimes people will go up to other people and say, God told me to tell you this. And you're sort of stuck. You're in, you can't really do anything there because if God's saying it, well, I better do it. There's no real way out of it. And you're sort of like being forced into this because God's telling them to tell you. Um, so we've got to, this one's something we've got to be really careful with, really cautious, and we've got to consider being really careful with this one. Um, we've really got to make sure that we're aligning this with um, with how God speaks through people, and that doesn't mean He can't speak through people. He can pro- people can prophesy over others. They can have words of knowledge, um, words of wisdom over other people. God God can speak through people for sure. There's there's definitely no doubt about it. It's just we've got to be really careful with it. Um, and to do that, I've sort of got three sort of quick questions that we can, or three points that we can align this with. So the first point we've got to consider here when we've got a word for someone else is we've got to be patient and we've got to pray about it. So this is really important that we don't sort of just rush in that if God gives you um, something to say for someone else, don't walk up to them immediately and tell them about it because there might be um, some things that God's waiting or He's aligning it for or it might even be sometimes that God is telling you that so you can pray for that person. He may not even want you to go and say, this is what God told me about you. It might be that you just pray for them. And maybe later on down the track, it might be a point for confirmation that they might need to hear it so they can be confirmed later on. But we've really just got to, I guess, take a step back and and sometimes not necessarily rush into it just because it's from God. Um, So yeah, be patient and pray. Second point here is God will use you to confirm what he's already told them. So this is an important point because he may not necessarily want you to be the person to break the news to people. Um, Sometimes God will be revealing it within them and they'll just need a point of of confirmation here. And this is really important as well when we consider things like um, people using this point as trying to to make other people do things. So there's a really cool example I like here with with this one where there's an American pastor called Rick Warren. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of him. And um, really early on, before he he married his wife, so he knew his wife, he wasn't dating her, wasn't married to her, God told him he was going to marry her. So that's a pretty big thing to hear. And then later on in the track, dated, got married. And um, yeah, Pastor Rick Warren really sort of pointed out that he only told her after they got married that God told them that. So he never went up to her before, even before they even started dating and said, God told me you're going to marry me. Because that's, that's not like, it's sort of like beating them over the head. It's like, well, you got no choice. God's involved in this. Um, and so God, God's a gentleman. He's not going to force our will. He's not going to force our hands. He's not going to sort of lead it lead us down this path that we have no choice and we're sort of like locked into this thing he's about free choice and and freedom and and he says as well that god did in his wife what he needed to do with her and that later on it was just a nice confirmation that you know that once i'm married he said to her oh god told me before i even dated you that we were going to be married so it was this nice confirmation 
So we've got to be careful with that. And um, this last point here is God usually uses you when you're not aware of it. Um, so we don't always have to necessarily be consciously thinking of words for people or how God's going to use us because sometimes we're just vessels. The Holy Spirit just speaks through us and we'll just be a vessel for that. And um, most of the time you'll find that it's not even going to be you consciously aware of it. So that might even just be through a conversation I'm having with someone and I'm sharing my testimony and story and they might get something out of it. Or say even in a connect group and someone's sharing a story or sharing a point, they might not even be consciously thinking of people who would get something out of it, but then someone in the group might be like, yeah, I really got that point. Like that really spoke to me. And so God will just use you as a conduit rather than being actively sort of involved in that. And um, sort of towards the start of the year, I went down to Nara City Church um, and I was really like looking for a sign from God. I really needed something from God and I spent a lot of time praying, you know, that God used tonight, use, use this service to speak to me somehow. Like I want something from you tonight. And um, at the start of the service, Pastor Jason sort of brought me and Tash up the front and sort of spoke over us. And I don't... He didn't know anything about what we were sort of thinking or planning. He didn't know that I'd been praying the whole day for, for God to confirm certain things in me. And the words that he spoke over my life at that time was exactly what I needed to hear. And I'm sure that he wasn't even aware of, of being involved in that process. He just wanted to sort of encourage us and, and speak over us, which is a really nice thing to do. So sometimes we're not even going to be necessarily aware of, of um, how God is using us in our lives to speak to the people around us. Um, yeah, and so we've got got these questions up here again. Um, if any of you want to write them down, and sort of the first three are for us. So when we're hearing the voice of God for us, we've got: Does this align with the Bible and the character of Jesus? Is this confirmed with my church family? And is this consistent with how God made me? They're three questions we should be asking when we're receiving words for us. And then if we've got words for other people, um, we're going to be asking ourselves, is this consistent with my responsibility over others? So I've got to be good stewards of that. Like God has given me that responsibility to speak over someone. I've got to make sure I'm doing it the right way and not the wrong way. Um, so yeah, that's our second basket. And there really is no test for the third basket. If it doesn't go into the... the, into the First or the second basket, then it's just our own voices, and that's fine. We each have freedom, we each have free will. We can think about things, we can do things. Um, God can still speak to us in that, but yeah, that's that's um, sort of the approach that I like to take. It's it's sort of process of elimination. It's not it's not the voice of the enemy, or if it's not the voice of God, then it's just my own voice. Or maybe it is the voice of God that you can sort of go through and sort of step through those points ask yourself those questions we've got to test it we've got to make sure we're we're hungry to know if this is the voice of god we've got to make sure that we're being good stewards of that um so yeah i sort of wanted to just finish up there with this um really hope you guys got something out of it um it's yeah this is a good topic because we really do need to to really seek out God in this. Um, it's important that we understand that speaking, like 
if I, if I was to talk with any of you guys, if I was only ever speaking to you and I got nothing back, that wouldn't be a good conversation. God wants to speak to us. He wants to be involved in our lives. He wants it to be a two-way conversation. Um, so we really can, you know, be encouraged to go seek out God, seek out His voice, seek out signs. What does He want for you in your life? It's, it's okay when you're at a crossroads to figure out what's God's will in this, how, which, which path am I supposed to take, which direction am I supposed to take. You know, seek out God, pray for it, ask Him for it. And, um, yeah, I think it would be, I really just wanted to sort of open it up as well um, to anyone who sort of really wants to hear the voice of God or maybe hasn't heard the voice of God lately. Um, we'd love to have you down the front and we could pray for you and, and really, um, yeah, just pray that, that God would start speaking to you or, or that he would just reveal something to you that's, that's going to be powerful for you. Um, that will give you that guidance and direction in life. Sometimes you just need that guidance. We don't know. We're at crossroads sometimes. You know, it could go left, could go right. Um, it's good to sort of seek out God in that and really um, find out what His will for your life is. Because we really want to make sure that our decisions and our will aligns with God's will. That's really important. So, yeah, for anyone who would like to come up the front and um, receive some prayer, that would be great.